Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. First up, I want to thank our supporting partner for the month, Sprung Suspension, who've got a great deal for you. It's been a long summer and I'm sure many people's bikes could benefit from a suspension service. Sprung is run by Jake Ireland, who's got years of experience on the World Cup circuit and is currently the team race engineer at MS Mondraker. So they were my first choice when I wanted to get my suspension running at its best for the Tweed Valley EWS earlier this year. Sprung aren't a service factory that smash out forks and shocks all day long. They take the time with each customer to understand the rider, their bike and the current settings so they can return your forks and shock with the optimum settings, any necessary internal tuning and ensure that you're on the best possible setup, whether you're a World Cup racer or a regular rider like me. The team have experience of working with suspension companies, bike companies and World Cup race teams so you can be sure that they know what they're talking about. My bike was so much better to ride after they'd given my suspension some TLC. Sprung are super flexible, so you can send your suspension there, or if you're nearby, you can do pickups and drop-offs. They will do their best to make it work for you. As a downtime listener, Sprung are giving you 10% off service and tuning until the 15th of November. All you need to do is to use the code DOWNTIME22 over at sprungsuspension.com. That's downtime, all one word, followed by the number 22 over at sprungsuspension.com. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. There's buttons to help you get that done over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Merch is available if you want to support the show. There's t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, joggers and shorts. And that's over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Christmas is on its way. And if you're looking for the perfect gift for the mountain biker in your life or something awesome to put on your very own Christmas list, then look no further than a subscription to Downtime EP. EP takes the podcast into a printed format with writing and imagery from some of mountain biking's most talented creators. Put together by the wonderful team over at Misspent Summers, you can guarantee that EP is a very lovely thing to own and read. Head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP to get yours now. EP3 will be heading to print very soon. All the links you need for all of this stuff are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. You can also get in touch and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook by heading to at downtimepodcast. All right, today I'm joined by Walker Shaw. Walker has a long background of riding and racing across multiple disciplines and today is the team manager for the union. We sat down during the Leger World Champs to find out all about him, hear about growing up and racing with his brother Luca, we chat about his transition into team management, get his thoughts on the Discovery Takeover, the impact that has on team managers, the future of the sport and plenty more. So without further ado, here's Walker Shaw. Walker Shaw, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. How's things with you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, life is good. Um, we're in beautiful Leger, just stopped raining and yeah, stoked for the next couple of days. Um, let's let's start where we start a lot of these things. Wind the clock back and tell us a little bit about how bikes came into your life in the first place. Oof. Um, pretty much been riding ever since I can remember. Um, my brother Luca and I just pretty much grew up on bikes, just messing around in the neighborhood and then that kind of transitioned into bmx racing when i was i'd say eight or nine and then raced bmx all the way until i was 17 uh -huh. around the time of i don't know maybe 12 13 started racing mountain bikes mainly like dual slalom and some local downhill races and then yeah just been just been riding and racing ever since 
Very cool. Yeah, so for anyone that hasn't worked it out, your uh, your brother is Lucas Shaw. Yeah. You're the older of the two? Yeah, I am one year older, 12 years and 12 days. <laughs> no way, so it's pretty close then. Yeah. Ah, I was definitely are. lucky growing up having someone fun to ride with. It's, it's, it's a good time on and off the bike. Yeah. So did he kind of follow you into it, or was it just something you've always done together being that close in age? No, we've pretty much always done everything together, so yeah, yeah it wasn't really like forced or anything nice tell us a bit about the bmx days then like how because that was a uh, is still i think a big thing in the u.s more compared to europe like for sure there's pretty strong for sure um i was so lucky to like race bmx when we did i feel like it's the perfect like kids sport um Mm -hmm. ultra competitive we traveled all around pretty much not the world but definitely the u.s and just riding different tracks and kind of learning how to train and it's just fun just good good thing to do with the family and yeah i i love those days yeah yeah good times were you like pretty competitive in that like how did you stack up yeah i think we we pretty much only did mbl so there's aba and mbl um nbl was mainly on the east coast Mm -hmm. um i think when i turned expert i was probably 12 or 13 and then i pretty much would normally make the main at like every national so yeah top eight and then uh-huh. i think my best result was maybe fifth or something at like the the national champs if yeah. you will so Fair play. um no it's it it was so fun and i still love like riding bmx tracks that shit's fun but i think we got out of it at a good time too what pulled you away from it just just riding mountain bikes yeah. okay mountain bike just sort of you For discovered sure. that and... and just seeing all the different disciplines and yeah i mean still like riding but the race scene i think i don't know kind of like the downhill yeah downhill stuff more. maybe a bit more of a friendly scene with the downhill mm. side of things for sure i think with downhill it's it's obviously you against the clock so um pretty much the only person you can blame at the end of the day is yourself yeah um yeah i don't know i, I still like bmx still watch bmx don't get me wrong but yeah yeah and where were you based where did you grow up um originally from california and then lived in Georgia for a year when mm-hmm. I was real little, and then been in North Carolina since I was probably eight or so. Okay, so, so mountain biking was yeah. a North Carolina yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So North Carolina, you—that's Nico's area, yep. right? Yep. So a lot um, of good trails, a lot of good forest around there. Insane. Yeah, I'm so lucky to live where we do. It's it's so good to go home. Um, I I love traveling as well, but I always feel lucky to to be there and good people, good friends. I went to Brevard College as well, so I've kind of been there for quite a while now, getting old. <laughs> yeah. How old are you now? 26. That's not old, dude. Mm. <laughs> You're all right. You've we'll got see. a while left. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. So was it natural then, having that background in BMX racing, that once you discovered mountain biking downhill, you were going to go and race the thing? Yeah, I, I never really thought about it. it was just We were kind of just doing whatever was fun. Um, I just felt like downhill, there's so many variables and it made it so fun to travel to different places. The uh-huh. tracks are always changing. You got the bike setup aspect of it. Training, it's kind of like, it's personal to everyone. I, I enjoyed that. I feel like BMX, you just, you're doing squats, you're doing sprints. It kind of got a little repetitive after uh-huh. a while. Um, I also, I think I was frustrated at times with BMX just because even if you were more skilled than someone, if they beat you like to the first jump race is kind of over sometimes mm-hmm. so um nah it was 
it was fun though fun while it lasted yeah and the the downhill racing was that something you you took to pretty quickly like did you find that that change from i guess you know tracks where you're looking for flow and pump to something more technical did that come kind of easily or um aspects of it did for sure um what do you feel you had to work at i think probably the worst habit would just be like breaking points going way too fast into you know (laughs) certain sections too slow into others and Uh just kind of smoothing out your riding style i think a lot of kids who come from bmx they obviously have the skills but sometimes they're a little choppy maybe pedaling too much when they shouldn't i don't know breaking at weird spots but no all in all it's it's a pretty easy transition yeah and did the results start to flow fairly quick then Mm, at, at times yeah um Obviously, good races, bad races, all that. But, um, yeah, pretty pretty. sometimes successful, sometimes not. Yeah, and you picked up a little bit of support in those early days, right? For sure, yeah. The first team, like the first real team I was on was a team called Grom Racing. I think there was like five or six juniors on that. Uh We were riding specialized bikes. And, yeah, that was a super cool way to kind of get into it and learn, learn about the sport and, you know, get the opportunity to go to some cool places. Yeah, and then did specialize because that was a specialized kind of project. Yes, wasn't it, it was. Yeah, did they then sort of step up that support for you? And like, I, if I, yeah, I'm trying to think of the timeline. I think that probably lasted two years. Like the junior team, it was like pre-junior, but definitely like little kid age, thirteen, uh-huh. fourteen, fifteen ish. And then um, I think after that, we just rode specialized bikes, but it was like a separate separate thing. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah kind of just transitioned cool and was the dream always to become a world cup racer like i for me i like i i don't know i just enjoyed racing and i enjoyed riding i never really thought of like my goal is to be this or my goal is to be a pro i just i definitely feel like super competitive yeah like with anything cycling related but i wouldn't say i ever had like a a major goal so um i think that's yeah that's kind of where luca and i went our own separate ways as he kind of had like this is what i want to do uh-huh. like more like structure to it if you yeah will. yeah so. yeah that makes sense yeah but you did you did uh continue on that journey and take yourself off to some world cup racing for sure yeah i, I still love racing and it's kind of a weird feeling sometimes like watching i'm just like oh man i want to <laughs> be on the track but yeah maybe try to do one next year or something but okay. i don't uh i don't know i kind of like what i'm doing now too so yeah it's Sweet. all good do you remember your first world cup Yes, it was. I didn't race any junior World Cups my first year, um, but it must have been my second year junior. And then because of racing age, I believe I was 17. Uh-huh. Luca was 16. And it was in Fort William. 2013. 2013, yeah. yeah. My mom and my dad were there too, so that was that was super cool. A nice uh, mellow track to start your World <laughs> Cup career. Yeah, I think we were on quick-release statuses. Whoa. 26-inch, uh, obviously. Yeah. And we were just like just totally in a in a shock <laughs> i think we stayed we booked the hotel like I've, I've told this story a bunch of times but we booked a hotel probably a week or two before had to stay an hour and a half away i think a town called oban yeah that is a long way <laughs> a, from long, Fort William. Yeah. a long way and we were having to wake up for like b practice at four in the morning oh, no. <laughs> not, not ideal and i think it was 
race day. Um, Luca and I and my dad and mom were in, in this van, this like passenger van. And we didn't realize, but one of the doors had opened like on the drive and Luca's helmet, I believe fell out. So we get to the pits. It's race day. Can't find his helmet. Dad had to go back and look for it. It was oh, full, man. Sh- full shit show, but pretty fun to look back on those times. Yeah, that's pretty special. Was, was the weather kind to you that weekend? It rarely is in Fort William. Mm, just typical on and off rain, but yeah, it's kind of nice there when it's raining. Yeah. A little bit more grip and it just feels like classic Scotland. Yeah. How was it then, like, seeing that, I guess, traveling circus for the, fo- for the first time, like, being up against all the the other big names that you've probably seen from afar. Yeah. Um, I think that's, like, going back to the BMX thing, I think that prepares you pretty well, just, like, that competitive weekend and kind of, you know, what you think about your warm-up, you know, how you carry yourself yeah. on and off the bike. Like, I never really felt like going to a downhill race was that different. Okay. Um, it's just like another another race, really. Didn't seem too intimidating. Or... Nah. Yeah. Nah. And I think just growing up, like, just watching so many videos of, like, I remember we would always watch those, like, Clay Porter, Yeti videos. Yeah. I almost knew the track perfectly <laughs> before my first run. It's like you've been playing the computer game for six months before for you sure. get there kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and you kind of know, like, I kind of knew generally how the track went already. So I was like, ah, this is all good. I, I yeah. know where I'm going. Here we go. Yeah. Happy but, days. How did it go, that first one? I can't really remember. Um, I want to say I got like maybe like 16th or 18th uh-huh. or something not great. I remember having some massive crashes, just right. struggling. I think Luca was maybe 6th place or 8th place. Okay. So, yeah, he was off to a good start. Yeah. Yeah, when did that like... when did, I'm guessing younger brother, like for mm. a while you were the one beating him and showing him the way. When <sighs> did that like change or was there always something there that no i think from as long as i can remember like downhill he's always been like definitely multiple steps ahead Uh um obviously when you're junior and you're just learning it's like oh yeah like you get first you get fifth or whatever but no i feel like you know i don't road bike bmx bike we have some similar skills um but yeah downhill he's always been like insane so super super like fun to watch ride personally do you ever find that like hard to deal with getting like beat by your little brother because i know like <laughs> yeah, personally yeah. for me if my little sister beat me on a bike i'd be pretty disappointed oh but, yeah like... no not at all actually i think that's like it was always kind of a weird thing like i didn't really care like yeah. if i got second i would want him to be the dude who won okay um and yeah like still now it's super cool like i feel like i'm i'm a pretty big fan of his too so i always like watching him race and get super nervous when he races and yeah, it just seems like we're mates, really. Yeah. yeah it's all good. I guess because you're so close in age. True, right? true. Yeah, yeah. You haven't got that, maybe the rivalry that some nah. brother-sisters or brothers, yeah, brother and sister pairings have. Yeah. So. Just with like random shit. I think that's what's been super cool. Like growing up, having someone to ride with and say you're on a trail bike ride and you see like some gap or line you want to do. Like I feel more competitive about that than okay. say like a, a result, really. So you'd rather tick off a feature. Yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, everyone's different, I guess. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. And you guys were together on the same team for quite a long while, right? Yeah, I think SRAM TLD, I'm I'm blanking the exact year that kind of we started doing our own thing, maybe 2015-ish or something. Uh-huh. But yeah, it kind of <clears throat> worked out perfect with SRAM TLD. I feel like it was like the perfect stepping stone for Luca. He was already on a Santa Cruz, doing well, um, elite men. And then, yeah, obviously he went 
to the syndicate from that. Yeah. So that was that was a super big step for him. And but it must have been cool for both of you to be alongside each other with that support. And oh man, it was so fun. Yeah, honestly, those were some of the best days with like the SRAM dudes. I'll never forget that. Like Evan Dawson, JT. Uh-huh. Like I feel like that taught me a lot of just about life in general like those those were some really good times very Definitely nice cherish those days cool and along the way you've dabbled in uh, quite a few other cycling disciplines you don't seem to limit yourself to downhill mountain biking for sure i think no, yeah. there's been a bit of ews there's been cyclocross cross country yeah tell, I, us, tell us a bit about your approach to cycling in general and why you why you want to cover so many different things for sure i i love it all and i i think it's you know, when you're not say winning or at nowhere even near the top at any discipline, I think it's pretty easy to go back and forth. You don't have anyone, you know, saying you need to go here, paying you to do X, Y, Z. So no, I just, I like all disciplines. I feel like I'm a fan of all disciplines and, um, it's cool to see like the cycling world as a whole. And I feel like you can take little bits out of everything. It's pretty, pretty interesting and how have you enjoyed those i mean the three very different things like what was your ews experience like for stars oh it's so horrible like <laughs> like i think it was i was maybe like in the u21 class or whatever but mm-hmm. i just remember like crashing so many times and just struggling to keep my bike in one piece i felt like endurance wise i was all good like on yeah. long stages or transfers or whatever but just the racing those boys are gnarly like so much respect to the dudes doing that yeah the pace they carry over long stages is pretty incredible when they've ridden it like once it's it's mind-blowing um especially on those bikes they're i feel like they're kind of slowly getting bigger and bigger but still it's it's definitely not a downhill bike i would love to do another ews one day it'd be fun but man yeah respect respect to those dudes yeah and then cross country that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty tough ass these days, hey. Like oh, the yeah. pace is insane. It's it's insane. Yeah, I did a little bit of cross country. Like when I went to Brevard College, I would always do the Omnium. They called it. So it was downhill, slalom, short track, and cross country. Sweet. So that was super fun, and I felt like I was, like, I don't know. That was probably looking back, like maybe one of my bigger goals. Like, okay. Trying to get like the national championships for that. I think I yeah. got two of them. Um, and I obviously was a lot better at downhill and slalom, but short track, like I, I still recognize some of the dudes there like out racing, like U23 and like the elite stuff. They went to like different schools, but uh-huh. that was, that's hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. For long. Yeah. I didn't realize you'd taken the nationals for that. Yeah. That's cool, um, man. just like in collegiate cycling. So yeah. those were, those are some fun days as well. It was always cool. Like have the summer of racing, go back to college normally beginning of september ish and then just like a whole different race season um mainly focused on just like pedaling and riding but also just having yeah. fun on the bike with all the homies sweet and where does cyclocross fit in that was normally just like a winter thing um would always race that like starting at a young age really in the in the winter just to try to stay in shape and my dad's super into it too so we would just go to races with him and hang out it's pretty fun do you find the like the bike handling ability that you have from downhill helps with that because a thousand percent often muddy and a lot of people that can't really ride that well in the mud for sure and just like saving speed and exit speed is key and you know positioning yourself like within the pack Uh getting a good start like all that stuff is so important and yeah cross is super fun haven't done one in a while i need to 
need yeah. to get back on it. How does it compare, like the <clears throat> the shoulder to shoulder element of racing, I guess, versus downhill, where it's just you against the track and the clock? Like, yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. I think about that quite a bit. I feel like sometimes that's why I struggle in like downhill and uh -huh. stuff like that. Is BMX, it's easy to be like, okay, I got two bike links on this dude. I can kind of set up this corner this way, or I'm yeah. I'm going to try to make the pass for fifth or whatever. Uh -huh. It's you always know where you're at. Whereas like downhill, it's a lot of it is just like confidence and feel and, you know, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's fun to do it all. Fun to sharpen the elbows and uh, get involved sometimes. For sure. Yeah. I need a, it's a good point. I need to get back out there. Yeah. Have you, have you ever thought about doing like a mega avalanche or something Oh, I'd like that? love to. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, I watched the, watched the race this year, at least the highlights or whatever. And that shit's gnarly. Yes, yeah, it's a wild event, but <laughs> if you stay on your fun. bike, it looks fun. If you yeah. get off, you're going really, really fast. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sketchy. So through all that time that you you spent kind of racing at mm. uh, I guess a pro like a pro level, we would say, we was there income like how were you managing to live? Yeah, I think just like growing up, like obviously all year you go to school, and then even when I was 13, 14, 15, say you get a couple bikes, I would always be like hustling, with the, like, <laughs> put it on eBay or put it on, I don't know, Facebook marketplace or something, get yeah. a couple grand. And then it was, you know, obviously it's nice when you're on the road, some of the shit's paid for. Uh -huh. um, and just doing odd jobs, like yard work jobs, like okay. work at a bike shop, just try to make it happen. Yeah. Um, mainly just selling stuff though. And travel, travel money too, from a couple of little brands. So, yeah. Um, but no, the, the SRAM dudes, I feel like definitely taught me some really valuable lessons as far as that, like just like helping set up the pit or like calling you out when you're slacking <laughs> or just making sure you're a part of the team Yeah. to, uh, yeah, I guess earn, you know, what they're giving you. And it was cool. Like, especially guys like Evan, they really showed me what all goes into it, like mm. a race weekend as far as like the prep of what the mechanics do, you know, it's, it's pretty gnarly. And yeah. I think that that really stuck with me. So gave yeah. you more of a respect, I guess, for the other members of the team. For sure. Yeah. yeah it's, it's gotta be like a finely tuned machine really. And yeah, there's a lot of different pieces that go into it. And I think that really helped me, you know, see it from a big picture yeah. and, and just be appreciative of every little drop of support. Like yeah. it all is, it's not like you can just click your fingers and for you sure know, stuff fly out of the sky <laughs> yeah and i'm guessing it, it, it easily goes unnoticed right because these guys and girls get they go about their business quietly they're mm -hmm. very professional to get their job done and if you're not really conscious of it you maybe don't even notice as a rider what's how much is being done for you, you know? for sure i think unfortunately like a lot of people have to learn that the hard way like when it's going good it's like oh, i'm getting paid x or i'm getting this many bikes or whatever and then when it's gone you're like oh damn like <laughs> this shit adds up like food's expensive flights you name it and yeah i think yeah my dad was always like like preaching to us like you know you don't want to learn the hard way with that stuff so kind of take a step back and see see what you got and be thankful for it yeah nice that's a good way to look at it so was there a point for you then where you made like a conscious decision to kind of maybe move away from the racing side of things a bit more and, and try to make the bike industry a way to make a living for yourself rather than having to odd job and, you know, scrape to make things work. I think like going to school was like the perfect thing for me. Uh -huh. Um, I remember like last year in high school, you're probably what 17 or so. And I was just like, 
yeah, I could, you know, try to get on a team or, you know, try to race more and all that. But like college was a really good opportunity and like get a good education and live in a cool spot and still get to ride. And, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm happy I did that. And, you know, you can still race, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I think some people think it's, you got to either go like full on this way or full on that way. And in a way you do like with training preparation, all that, but in a way, like we only race for a certain amount of months of the year and you know, there's time to have a different job or go to school or for sure. Yeah. I think, I think that was a cool thing for me and that kind of shot me off in a little bit different direction. Yeah. What did you study? I just got like your general business degree. Okay. I remember the first, I think first two semesters, I was just like, I don't know what I want to (laughs) do at all. And (laughs) we've all been there. I think my mom was just like, well, go down the list of all the different majors they have and just start checking them off. Like, okay, you're not an artist. You're not, Uh you're not going to be a scientist. Like (laughs) I was like, okay, business is everything's a business. So yeah, no, it's good. Had some really good professors and it was a super cool experience. Nice. And that set you up for, to get you to where you are now. You've been doing some work at Canuga bike park, right? Nico's park. That's been super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Last winter I started there digging, three, four days a week. And yeah, it's just a cool, cool thing to be a part of. And it's been, been pretty sweet for our area. It's just, it's kind of blowing up. So yeah, yeah I was, I, I got the chance to ride there in the oh, year. That's right. I was, I like, forgot about was that. blown away. Yeah. It's a cool spot and nice. people seem to be absolutely mad for it. Oh dude. It's really cool. What did you get to ride all the trails? I think we rode everything. Yeah. Nice. We did a little e-bike like mission and ticked off most of the trails on the evening we got there. And then we rode I did some laps on the downhill bike on the second oh, day. Oh, nice. That's right. Um, so, yeah. It was, what do you think it was of a it? cool spot. It's wicked. I like the fact that all the trails have got such a different feel. For sure. Like, it's like a lot of spots you go to mm-hmm. and everything feels like it's been built in the same style by For the sure. same people. This feels like quite varied. For sure. And certainly, like, depending on which direction you drop off the hill from as well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool because some days we're pretty lucky. Um like we'll get some people to shuttle us on our downhill bikes or like enduro bikes yeah, and just ride like the two or three steeper black trails. But then you could also be out there on a 120 bike and it'd be super fun. So yeah. oh, for sure. That's been such a cool thing for our area. And yeah, I know he's, he's working on a new project now, so I'm uh, stoked to see that and Exciting. hopefully, hopefully it just keeps growing. Yeah. So you're running the trail crew there. Is that no, it? no, definitely okay. not running the trail crew. I'm just like, <laughs> just on the shovel, just yeah. fixing rain ruts and stuff. Nice. But, uh, we have like a really awesome crew there, like Cali and yeah. got some really good buddies there. So it's, yeah, I'm stoked to be a part of it. And some other f- proper fast riders on oh, that trail crew as oh, well. Oh, it's huh? insane. Like Max Bupre is like, he's really one of the most talented dudes I've seen on a bike. Um, super fun to ride with him. Yeah. It's like dirt jumps, downhill, enduro. It's, it's awesome. Moto. Yeah. It's like lucky to lucky to have dudes like that to ride with it's a cool scene you've got around there it's a part of the world that i'd never had a chance to visit before but it's a lovely spot yeah how, how many days were you there uh only two or three in the end nice. actually around uh, nice. around nico's place but a bit longer up windrock but okay yeah. yeah you're gonna have to come back yeah it's it's kind of got it all like good road biking obviously like the e-bike stuff canuga uh-huh. downhill like hopefully with this new spot that'll be insane we go to windrock quite a bit moto dirt jumps it's it's a good mix yeah and pretty good weather year round it's it's fun very nice so how did the opportunity to get involved with the union team and to pick up that team manager role how did that come about yeah it was pretty like i feel so lucky um in a lot of different ways but last summer i was just like 
kind of in between like a couple different jobs and I was like, what? I definitely want to try to race and yeah. like, go to a couple world cups and just have a fun summer, like traveling around. And I think I did like six or seven weeks in Europe, mainly just like hanging out with Luca and Yolanda and mm -hmm. like Luca was nice enough to like drive me to some races in his van. And it was so fun. We had a great time and kind of as the summer was ending, I was like, man, I got to get my shit together. Like <laughs> the party's about to be over soon. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was talking to Yolanda like right before snowshoe and she was like, She's like so funny. She's like brutal. She's like, so what? What are you doing? Like, what's your plan? Like, what? Like, what do you want to do? It was like, oh wow, I, uh, <laughs> big question. Uh, shit. Um, it was like I'd love to like work for a team. Like, I I want to be like a part of it, and I feel like I got like some good skills like that could that could be like beneficial. And uh -huh. she was like, oh well, you need to like start asking around. Like, you know, it's not just gonna like fall into your lap. So I was like reaching out to a couple of different people, and then. Lucky enough, Joe Bowman, I stayed with him at Snowshoe and he uh -huh. was obviously the union team was around last year, but he was like, yeah, I want to step it up and like take it to a different level. So like he pretty much hit me up and was just like, would you be down to like help out? So it was an easy decision and yeah, the rest is history. Perfect. Yeah. And how, so how did you like go about, this is the first time you've done a team manager, oh, yeah. I mean, you've been around racing a lot, but how yeah. did you go about working out? like what to do it's oh, a big it's, job it's so yeah I got so much learning to do and um, I, I feel like this year has gone pretty well um, obviously the riders are crushing it and we got some good staff and some really really awesome people behind us yeah. but um, yeah I have a lot to learn still and I just feel lucky to have Joe just to kind of point me in the right direction and just yeah. be a easy dude to talk to like good bad whatever it's, it's always like work through work through the problems and no, it's been really good, and I'm just stoked to see where it's going to lead. Really, it's pretty yeah, exciting. That's exciting. So you're gonna you're gonna continue with Union for a for while, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, definitely next year, and then hopefully yeah. onwards. Awesome. So what what have you learned then? Because uh, I mean, I've watched some of Ben Cathro's stuff. His first time as a team manager this year with the Pink Bike team, and yeah. it's been really interesting to see. He's been quite open and honest about for sure mistakes that he's made or things that he's learned along the way. Like, how have you found that journey through that first season? Yeah, this this year has been like quite eye opening. Um, I think the biggest thing is is like going into the season. I almost felt like I don't know. I was I I tried to think of it like I'm training for the race, just like you know our athletes are. Yeah. Um, and I felt like we put in like a lot of good work and had our shit in a pile, but then you get to the race and you got to be flexible. Like you don't really know what's gonna happen. Um, say like a rental car breaks down or. The flights these days are insane. Every yeah. bikes are getting lost, bikes are getting stolen. You name it, and just just being calm and like making good decisions on the fly. Uh -huh. I feel like that's one of my main takeaways, and and also just like even if you think you got a detailed schedule, like there's probably something you're forgetting. <laughs> so just yeah, I feel like I definitely need to step it up, and uh, I'm I'm excited for it though. It's it's super motivating, and just to see how well everyone on the team has done this year. Yeah. Um, it being like its first real year of the team is is pretty cool and i'm I'm stoked to see like where it's gonna go yeah it's been incredible is the whole like team manager group quite supportive like is there help and almost mentorship there do you find or yeah i, I would say so yeah um i feel like everyone is super easy to talk to and like gabe for example has been super cool like I, I've known him for a couple of years and then obviously with Luca on the team, just like, Hey, what's the best grocery store for this? Or did the sign in office move or just 
different shit like that. Yeah. I, I feel like everyone is kind of on the same page and just wants the racing to be good and super helpful. So yeah, um, it's been a really cool experience and I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, it's nice to see how like the, the traveling family pulls together. And one of the best examples I've ever seen of that was Fort William yeah. this year where you guys unfortunately had pretty yeah. much everything stolen overnight. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was it was a wild day, but I was super proud of how everyone handled it. And especially the riders, you know, that's that's a tricky thing. You, yeah, because it was qualifying day. Yeah, it, it, was, morning quali- of qualifying. it was quality yeah. day. Yeah. And, and no one was protected. I feel like that's that's another tricky bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just roll up, and we. I remember seeing the toolboxes outside the truck, and I was like, that's kind of weird. But I guess they knew that there was, I don't know, some whatever you call them, trekking things in, uh-huh. the, in the toolboxes, and they were smart enough to leave those out and then open the doors, and it's just everything's gone. But, no, I was just super appreciative of every team and everybody who helped out, like Santa Cruz, Olin's, you name it, and just random people in the pits coming up and be like, hey, what size helmet is – ollie or just locking in any elbow pads like it is a cool community and yeah. um you know if there's ever a time that another team's in that situation like we're gonna definitely be there to help out so yeah you know, that was we we were super lucky and uh it's pretty impressive that you managed to turn that around and get everyone up on the hill on a for bike. sure yeah everyone everyone raced and they did really good like locky for example was on a bike that was arguably two sizes too big and <laughs> yeah just i don't know even like with the zoars they're like little stuff like yeah. riding brakes that you've never ridden stuff like that it, it's pretty hard you know like especially at that level and especially with how tight the racing is yeah now it's um it was impressive to see how well everyone pulled it off yeah and someone got to ride pete's beer bike i think that was ollie zoar on okay. the beer bike yeah. man that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> in a way riding, that's quite a cool yeah. experience but like i think looking back on it they'll probably be like oh that was awesome but in the moment they're like oh shit yeah it's a good shit. pub story at some for, point for sure yeah mad you're one of the smaller budget teams i think it's fair to say not yeah. not a non-existent budget but definitely yeah. one of the smaller budgets 100 percent but great results that don't necessarily need huge trucks. I mean, Stevie Smith won an overall out of an easy up, so it can for be sure. done. For sure. What What would you say you're particularly proud of within the union setup that you've got now? And like, mm. what would you like to improve as the years go by and the results come and there's more budget available? I would say the thing I'm the most proud about is how it feels like the riders all like really grasp that, you know, we're all in this together and um, there's times when it's not perfect, like say you know we plan to have dinner at seven thirty, and it's nine o'clock and we're just sitting down or they have to share a warm-up bike or their bike didn't get washed right when they were done with practice uh-huh. just all that shit so um i think the trickiest bit for us is we only have three staff currently okay myself and two mechanics um moving forward we'll definitely add some staff um dougie fresh has been awesome he's been helping us out and then we got tom here tom duncan yeah i thought i saw tom in the yeah Yeah. that's and just having two extra people were just like holy shit like (laughs) it just flows so much better and um but no i would say like thank you to the riders because you know they've been super flexible and um easy to work with so yeah yeah that's cool man so what do you what do you see your role beyond team manager then are you doing more than just that i guess if there's only like three staff on the team yeah just say like the mechanics are you know in a in a bit of a bind and they need some some tires changed or like riders are struggling with a line in a rock garden just trying to be flexible and Mm -hmm. like input my time wherever they 
see see they need it so yeah. um just being there for them with whatever they need is yeah, uh yeah. is key i think see so have you spent a bit of time on the hill at some of the races then doing like lion spine stuff for sure yeah, yeah. unfortunately not every race uh-huh. um and that's it's definitely a bummer when it can't be but it, hopefully moving forward have a bit more time to get out there nice yeah looking forward to seeing how that team progresses because oh, it's got man. some serious talent there yeah it's it's been super fun and um I definitely think it's just the beginning for everyone involved. Yeah. So is Lockie up into elite next year? Or is yeah, yeah, he is. So that'll He's be make, making that leap up with Jackson and Jordan because it's <sighs> it's been a tough time to be a junior, right? It it has, but I think in the in the long run that's really going to help. And I think if you look back and you see like which junior years were super competitive, I think that helps them as they progress. Yeah. Um, no, I think he would have been maybe fourteenth in Lenzerhide. So he obviously has the speed, he has the skills. Everyone knows that, and think it's just about just growing and you know getting a bit more fit getting stronger spending more time on the bike um and obviously the team being a bit more dialed in will will help with that so i'm i'm stoked to see where everyone will get to next year yeah man excited for the future and you've been part of the scene for a pretty long time now it feels like you've been coming to race for a good while like how do you feel downhill is doing at the moment as a race scene i think it's awesome um i think it's in a really really good spot Obviously, um, there's a lot of unknown um, moving yeah. forward, but I think as a whole, the sport is killing it. And I think it's just super cool. You know, you, you go on a trail ride anywhere and like people know they got their favorite guy. And it, it might not be like who you think it is. You know, it's it might be, I don't know, like Mateo Inguinez or whoever that yeah. I'm sometimes surprised that like, you know, my buddies who have never raced downhill know literally all the dudes. So, and, cool. and chicks as well. Yeah. So, I think it's in a really good spot and hopefully next year and the years to come, it's, it's going to keep progressing. Yeah. And do you, do you personally watch the live feed? Like when you go away from a race, will you go and watch it or for sure? Yeah. yeah. Always, always rewatch the races. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes with the riders, if we can, that's yeah. super beneficial. And one thing that's been super fun too, is, um, sometimes the mechanics and I will have like our own separate accommodation and like each night in the week we'll rewatch like a previous race, uh, whether it's, it's from last year or, a, a random year yeah. a race that we were talking about oh I remember when blah 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 did that line it's been super cool just to like they're pretty new to the whole downhill world as well okay. so just to like watch that relive some of those bit, cool bit of history yeah, for sure oh that's really nice that yeah. sounds like a fun way to spend a week for sure yeah a couple <laughs> beers and watch an old race it's yeah fun. that's perfect and yeah how do you feel about the whole discovery thing because there is like you say there is a huge amount of uncertainty about it there's some positivity out there there's some for sure some negativity out there but for sure. A lot going on behind the scenes, I'm sure. Like, mm. what's your personal fear at the moment? Um, it's a tricky one. I would say because of, you know, the the current state of downhill, I think people are pretty nervous of change. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that they're coming at it from a, from a good point of view and they want to make it better as well. So um, hopefully it ends up being like that. Yeah. Um, lots of unknowns, a bit of it scary, but... Um, I got a good feeling about it, so yeah, should be, should be sweet. As far like from a team manager, <laughs> being purely selfish perspective, I guess yeah. like part of your job, I assume, is like the logistics for 100%. the team. Yeah, that the the lack of a kind of the late calendar for sure, and the lack of knowledge of some of the maybe mm. like the sign on fees or yeah. media fees or whatever they happen to be. Like, how does that impact your work? Because I'm guessing by now, mm. maybe a lot of next season would kind of already be sort of planned out to some extent for sure um 
it's it's nerve-wracking uh-huh. but um i think we're just having to be smart with it you know like just not not going out to eat as much just you know definitely to be upfront with it like trying to save as much money as possible yeah um and hopefully the the team fee is not something ridiculous but uh-huh. if it is we just got to deal with it and if it is what it is like we're gonna we're gonna be a team no matter what so yeah we're gonna make it happen Find um, way. Yeah. yeah for sure and no, I, I think there'll definitely be some changes that, you know, people complain about at the beginning, but it's it's not going to be perfect. It's not perfect now, and it's still a badass sport, so... It's just... Nothing's ever perfect, no, right? No, I've got to deal with it, and... Yeah. No, we'll be all good. Yeah, sweet. Is there anything that you personally would like to see kind of implemented to improve either, like, the racing or the, I guess, the product, the coverage of the racing? Hmm... That's a really tricky one, actually. Um, obviously, there's like the rumor going around about top 30. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh-huh. I, I feel like it's probably not. Um, there, there was also the rumor of a lot more rounds, uh-huh. which I feel like is a tricky one. Um, from a manager point of view, I think jumping from, say, 8 to 12 next year would be really challenging. Yeah. Um, but as a fan of the sport, I think we need that and you know, if you look at other sports, they're, they're competing way more than 10 times a year. So, yeah. um, personally, I would like that moving forward. If there was 10, 12, 15 races, um, yeah. if they did the schedule right and they, they plan it in a smart way, I think it's can easily be done. And, um, yeah, it would, it would be cool to be able to see the riders race more. Yeah. And you mentioned you like travel. Would you be keen to see more far flung parts of the world as part of the world cup? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel like, we kind of go to the same spots a lot and they're in just like this. It's, it's an insane place. And yeah. Super cool to be here, but yeah, there's, there's, there can be sick tracks everywhere. So are there any spots that you, uh, either have been to that you think you'd like to go to with the world cup or spots that you've never been, but have seen from afar and always thought it'd be a cool place to visit. Oof. Um, I've been to South America twice, uh-huh. a downhill world cup in South America, I think would be insane. Yeah. Um, I've never been to Asia, but okay. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, maybe like a beginning of the season in Australia, New Zealand. I think that yeah, would make we've sense. Had it in the past, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. For a lot of people, uh-huh. um, that'd be a good time. South Africa. I, I loved going to Worlds in South Africa. That was an awesome experience. Um, some people complained about the track, but I, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, maybe like a season final in Whistler. yeah (laughs) i think that would be pretty cool but no i mean we'll just make the best of it and i'm sure they're going to pick some awesome venues so yeah looking forward to it we'll see some new ones for sure for sure yeah and the schedule looks really good for next year i'm excited about that and um i think the summer break in the middle will be kind of strange but also you know i think when it rolls around people are actually going to be pretty stoked on it yeah and um yeah i'm just curious to see the schedule like for the years to come after that so yeah, see how it expands and for i guess sure. some of that block next year is filled with world champs right we're 100 back to fort william yeah that uh, that's going to be awesome it's going to be interesting <laughs> rumors of and some new at least some new track section on the upper part that should be cool i feel for those track builders yeah there's a lot of work to do there right because you literally <laughs> step a foot off the track and you're up to your knees in a peat bog so. yeah no that that would be a it would be a good mix for sure um I guess we'll see. Yeah, it'd be exciting. And the first ever combined cycling world championship. So exactly. opportunities to uh, see some other stuff going on as well with all the road track, 
for sure uh, the whole lot for sure i think that'll be pretty cool too i'm always stoked when like you see xc crowd or road crowd like coming to watch the downhill race and a lot of the downhill people now i feel like watch xc on sunday it's it's yeah. cool to see just like the like appreciation of different parts of the sport definitely i wonder yeah it'd be interesting to see how it works bringing ews into the fold because there's i think three events next year where we'll have for downhill sure. cross country and ews and it'd be interesting to see like you say how all the different fans i guess cross over between all the different disciplines because there's 100%. definitely a lot of that going yeah. on which is really cool um i think it's a cool thing though like if you just think about your everyday dude who rides like that would be such a cool experience to go watch yeah and you know a lot of a lot of people want to watch all all three so fingers crossed that it it has a lot of people turn up and yeah come come hang out i could see some pretty big crowd numbers i mean the crowd numbers for this week i think they forecast one hundred and fifty thousand over the weekend which tomorrow's is, gonna be insane it's yeah. gonna be pretty wild i'm not sure how anyone's gonna get in and out of this village but no. it's pretty good it's gonna be some good people watching yeah nice one i mean a rider that's been through you know the whole process of grom years working your way up mm. racing at a world cup level now running a team you've seen a lot you have a lot of experience mm. what advice would you give to riders that are like maybe early on in that journey or they're looking to kind of step it up and move into the world cup scene like are there certain things that you've seen for sure in riders that make it versus riders that don't and and what characteristics mm. are important that's a tricky one um i would say once one thing that i see a lot is like riders even if they're fast just kind of wanting to do what's comfortable to them okay. like riding tracks that they're familiar with riding with people that you know they ride with all the time i think just kind of stepping out of that and really challenging yourself riding with people who are way faster than you uh -huh. um is a good way to like gauge your progress um i think another key thing too is just just traveling a bit more um getting to the races maybe earlier staying a little after okay. kind of being familiar with like the location you're at um and just making it easy on yourself yeah. um obviously that's easier said than done and everything costs a lot these days but um no just just traveling i say just just kind of putting yourself out there whether you gotta i don't know get a van or get a ride to the race earlier yeah. just kind of making it more of a, a whole thing and just trying to be be as comfortable as you can at the races making the uncomfortable comfortable i for guess for sure yeah i feel like especially I, I don't know if it's just because i'm from the u.s but i feel like i see a lot of u.s kids that are insanely fast like at a pro grt or something and then yeah. they, they get to leo gang and it's muddy and they're just they they can't really do it so uh -huh. just i don't know going maybe building your own track that's gnarly or just going to a race that you know is going to be kind of crappy conditions just mixing it up more yeah not just riding the same place all the time and doing your doing your same thing yeah it's interesting there is such a strong scene in the u.s mm. and so many names but there's very few of them that like make it across onto the world cup circuit for sure it's really only a handful of of u.s riders it's, that seem it's, to have it is it. weird it is super weird um obviously like the u.s team this year is insanely stacked but uh -huh. if you see like the results are like the total number of racers at a pro grt or even national champs it's it's not really that impressive mm -hmm. um i think a better series would help that obviously okay. that's way easier said than done <laughs> yeah but it's a lot of work even like man props to nico like nico malali for what he's doing yeah. downhill southeast those are actually 
sometimes more competitive than like national races um on good tracks on good venues well organized uh-huh. not insanely expensive and i think that's really going to help out the east coast crowd and i've even seen some like west coast dudes like charlie harrison and those boys will sometimes come out um and just like do a winter race so it's Sweet. pretty cool when you see like little local race and you got nico dakota luca austin dooley Dante Silva, Charlie Harrison. That's those are some that's pretty pretty fast. impressive lineup. Yeah, yeah, and that's just because Nico's put in the time and the uh-huh. effort to make it happen. So hopefully, maybe when he's done racing or something, <laughs> he can take it over and make another big series or something. Yeah. What's the, how has the US scene kind of changed in your time being involved in it? Is it have you seen it grow? Has it shrunk? Like, I think it's definitely growing. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm always amazed with how many people have downhill bikes and how many kids are into racing and yeah it seems super competitive seems like it's in a really good spot a lot of pmx kids going back and forth yeah just some insane talent so yeah i'm i'm stoked to see see who comes up out of it definitely yeah because canada as well seems to have a strong scene like their junior crew is uh it's pretty fierce it's wild yeah like I'll be riding dirt jump sometimes and there'll be like 12, 13, 14 year old kids who are just absolutely just <laughs> shredding. Um, I used to work at that riveter dirt jump park and I was there maybe a month ago, just uh-huh. riding with some buddies and there's a kid, Gavin, I think he's 13 or 14, Gavin Brown. Yeah. Just absolutely sending it. I was like, man, like it's going to be pretty cool to see like what he's doing when he's 18, 19. Yeah. The next generation, uh, well, we're already seeing it getting stepped up by, you know, Lockie, Jordan, Jackson. For sure. In juniors. But yeah, the kids behind them are sure. just, the, again. No, gonna, they're, they're coming too. Yeah. I think it's cool. Like Jackson and Jordan, I think hopefully there's a lot of 13, 14, 15 year old kids out there right now that are like, man, they're, they're putting down some good times and yeah. I got to step it up. Like that's going to be hopefully me in a couple of years. So no props to those dudes. They're, they're, they're doing awesome. Good times, man. Well, we're, uh, we're going to wrap up with our final four questions. Hmm. First one of those, if our listeners had 150 pounds, about 180 us dollars to spend to improve their performance on a bike, what would you recommend they go spend it on? $180 us. Yeah. Um, I would say, fresh set of max's dhr2s front and rear front and rear okay uh, that's yeah. a good that's a good setup um man it all depends maybe <laughs> tear offs uh protein powder <laughs> yeah i don't know you name it i'd, I'd say tires though if you're yeah. at a race getting a couple sets of good tires and just spare set of spokes or whatever yeah just having your shit prepped all right sounds good <laughs> yeah prep preparation is always a good thing for right? sure Second one, if you could wind back the clock and sit down with yourself, age 16, what advice would you give him? Oof. Man. That's a tricky one. 16. Um, ah, man, I don't really know. I would just say, yeah, I'm 26 now. Time flies, honestly. Yeah, and just, I feel like I've, I always try to, enjoy it yeah. sometimes a little bit too much but <laughs> no just it, it goes so fast and just like take advantage of all the cool people you're gonna meet and places you're gonna go and um yeah just enjoy all the good times bad times whatever and try to make the most of it good i like it solid advice third one if you could have a coaching session from anyone past or present who would it be and what would you want to learn I and mean, you can have like a, a an on bike and off bike if you want <clears throat> Hmm. I mean, obviously, you get to ride 
quite regularly with some pretty awesome riders. But coaching session. Hmm. I would say off bike. Um, I'm I'm super interested to like learn more from Jarrett Kolich. Um, okay, yeah, the fitness guy. Yeah, he's he's training my brother and uh-huh. also Bernard Bernard Kerr this yeah. year. Um, and I've spent quite a lot of time with him. He's come to North Carolina a few times, and but yeah, I've never really like gotten to talk to him that much about okay. like training related stuff or body related stuff. And yeah. I, I feel like he's a book of knowledge. So um, maybe this off season get to spend a little bit more time with him. Okay, and sweet. Just from like a full body kind of perspective as well yeah, like yeah. i'm not getting any younger and I, I feel like as i get older i'm like oh man like i got a shoulder that's jacked or uh-huh. I'm, I'm doing this that's kind of a little bit weird and just trying to learn more about all things yeah all get things yourself straightened out body. a bit and learn how to look after yourself yeah i'd, I'd say like a one-on-one yeah day or week or even hour with him um that would be pretty badass cool and then whew, like, is there a rider that with a certain talent or ability that you've always been like, I wish I could do that? Um, obviously, Sam Hill. I feel like you got to say Sam Hill. I don't know how good of a, a coach he would be. Uh, probably not his thing. But, um, man, obviously, mm, there's so many dudes. I'd say Fabian Burrell as well, just like how he breaks down races, preparation, yeah. bike setup, uh-huh. the course, how lines develop. I think he's an, he's another one that would be cool. And I've, I've been pretty lucky to ride with like Petey as well. Some, but I think that'd be interesting. Like a day, day of riding with Petey. Um, Petey and Fab together. Why not? Well, I don't think that would, I don't think that, <laughs> that would go well. <laughs> hey, yeah, you never know though. Um, yeah, just kind of like, I don't, there's, it's such, such a hard one. There's so many, yeah, there are a lot of so many, very talented people out oh, there, but you yeah. listed some pretty good ones there. So. Those are just some that, yeah come off the top of my head nice <laughs> cool last one what do you do every day that you feel benefits you hmm <sighs> i would say just just exercise really uh-huh. yeah whether that's just going on a long hard ride or going to the gym or stretching or whatever i feel like i'm definitely way better to be around when i've when i've done some stuff so yeah. um yeah just just getting out and getting in a hard workout whatever it yeah. is yeah. And it's not something you've kind of drifted away from now that you're in a team manager role rather than a rider role you managed to keep it up pretty well yeah and just just keeping like a little bit of consistency like even this week like having tom tom duncan here and like we're pedaling to and from the house and uh-huh. like trying to sneak in little rides like that i think goes a long way for like just like physical like shape but also just mental yeah, more yeah, than anything yeah for sure um but no I, i'm pretty stoked like been thinking about that a lot just like get home and i'm pretty excited to like get some riding in and just yeah just do some workouts it'll be be a good time very cool nice one man well it's been super interesting chatting finding out a little bit more about you appreciate it i'm excited to see what the future holds if people want to follow you or the team where's the best place for them to look yeah so the team i'd say the best thing's probably instagram these uh-huh. days um at join the union and yeah. then just my name yeah walker shaw perfect um yeah Nice, man. We'll stick links to both of those in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time for a chat. Thank you, sir. Hope the rest of this week and the rest of the season goes well. Fingers crossed. And I look forward to seeing an even bigger and even better union in uh, 2023. Same. Nice one. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Cheers. 
All right, that's it for this episode with Walker. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. A massive thank you to Sprung Suspension. If you're looking to improve the way your bike rides and to give your suspension some love after a long summer of riding, look no further than Sprung Suspension. With knowledge from working at suspension companies, bike companies and World Cup race teams, Sprung are going to be able to sort you out and have your suspension feeling better than it's ever felt before. As a downtime listener, you can get 10% off service and tuning until the 15th of November. All you need to do is to use the code DOWNTIME22 over at sprungsuspension.com. That's downtime, all one word, followed by the number 22 over at sprungsuspension.com. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you too downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch and forward slash ep if you'd like to get your hands on copies of our lovely print project downtime ep as always spread the word tell your riding mates and make sure as many people as possible are listening that's it for today we're gonna have another awesome episode coming up really soon but until next time get out and ride (laughs) 